0: Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, A Quick Shot of Romance.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to A Quick Shot of Romance. Um it's me Becky, and on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we're reviewing Call Me Crazy by Melanie Harlow. This is book 3 in the Bellamy Creek series. Uh joining me this time is Lindsay. Um She's been with us before. Uh, You might have noticed that we've had rotating hosts on our Quick Shot of Romance over the last couple months. All of our lovely co-hosts that have been with myself or with Leah are part of our fancy drink tiers on our Patreon. This is a newer perk that we've added over there. It's a lot of fun and um, just one of the fun things that you get to have when you join us over on Patreon. So welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. We're happy to have you.
0: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Um, so why, so we're reading, um, Call Me Crazy by Melanie Harlow, and actually this is kind of a cool story for why we're reading this. Melanie Harlow was actually our Drunk Book Club author in January, and the theme for January's Drunk Book Club was fake relationship, and she knew that she was writing this story, and she offered it to everybody that came to Drunk Book Club in January, a free copy of it, which, that's pretty awesome.
0: It's very awesome. It's one of my favorite things that ever happened because I was dying to get my hands on this book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Okay. So why don't you read uh, the synopsis from Goodreads and then we'll get into all of our thoughts on this. Okay. It was the
0: perfect plan. I needed a wife temporarily in order to inherit the family business. And she needed a favor, the kind that takes nine months to deliver. We had it all worked out from the no touching policy on our wedding night, her rule, to the no falling in love decree, mine. She'd marry me and I'd give her the means to have the baby she'd always wanted. And one year later, we'd amicably part ways, no hassle, no demands, and certainly no regrets. After all, Bianca De Rossi and I are experts at infuriating one another. We've been doing it since we were kids. Trouble is, she grew up gorgeous and feisty, and she still knows exactly how to get under my skin. And that wedding night? Well, it doesn't exactly go down hands-free. Then she moves in with me, and I start to really lose my mind. From her sexy little pout, to her wicked sense of humor, to those meatball sandwiches she makes just because she knows they're my favorite, I find myself wanting to break every rule we put in place. Our story was never supposed to end with happily ever after, but call me crazy, I just might be in love with my wife
1: so the release date on this is february 22nd of 2021 they uh the tropes i have is childhood friends fake relationship marriage at convenience enemies to lovers uh because we kind of meet them in the book before and they like are sparks flying when those two are in a room um i have the steam level as a four out of five because there are some spicy scenes in this book oh yes and then the angst was a four out of five. I was not prepared for how emotional this book was. Yeah, so
0: it, there's something really interesting about this book is that she gives a nod to um, the Speak Easy series her speakeasy duet and then it also ties into one of her other books that are similarly angsty because they her Bianca shares the grandmother in the speakeasy duet with um Coco and Forked one of her first books okay. and these are some of my favorite characters she's ever done um I don't I just I love the way she handles her characters too she's really yeah. good at um giving them some deeply personal issues that they overcome and that they have to overcome in order to be happy and truly, um, in love with each other, if that makes sense, like to make their relationship
1: work. So in book two of this series, um, it was, and I think it was the nature of who the character Cheyenne was. But Cheyenne, was, that book was a little cheesy. There was emotional. There were big issues in that book. But it didn't prepare me for how emotional this book was going to be.
0: Especially not because of Enzo being presented as a playboy. I found the emotional aspects for Enzo's story, like how much trouble he had lying to his family, how some of the conversations he had with his dad later in the story about um, embracing love and overcoming, you know, himself and just the fact too, he's in his mid thirties and he's been a playboy up until this point. And that, that
1: I was
0: shocked. I was shocked to see how emotional that transition was for him.
1: And I guess he does. I mean, he comes off as a playboy and you kind of think he has this playboy persona, but the way the book starts, you realize that he's been dating this younger woman for like three months and he's made no moves on her. Like he <laughs> hasn't done anything like to the point that she thought he was gay. They hadn't yeah. even kissed. <laughs> um, so for me, like, yes, he had this flirty Italian playboy persona, but at the if you looked under, you know, below the skin, if you looked deep into who he was, it wasn't who he was, you know? Um, he just, he, he's actually really a sensitive guy. Like, he has a good heart. And I really, I just loved him. Like, I think he's a new book boyfriend for me. I loved him too. I just... Oh my gosh. I, I
0: loved, I love. <laughs> start to finish there's so many things I loved including her bonus epilogue like I don't know if you read her bonus epilogue she always gives you the epilogue and then like a cookie crumb trail in the end of the book to the bonus epilogue and this was one of my favorite bonus epilogues because it jumps to Enzo in his 80s Enzo and Bianca are in their oh 80s I, ha- I didn't and it read was- that
1: yet then okay. no I didn't go in and click it so
0: I will I will send you the link to that if you don't have it because. It is one of my favorites of all time. It's oh, it's just perfect. Oh my gosh. I say um, that about all the epilogues recently, but <laughs> I have a thing about epilogues that are unexpectedly different.
1: And I know. to jump
0: to characters in their 80s was just a delight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I know that epilogues are like you have this kind of love-hate relationship with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, an obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and an obsession. <laughs> I know you have deep feelings about epilogue. So for you to be like, this was great. I'm like, mm, now I'm sad I didn't read it. I do like, though, and I and I bring it up later in my little uh, chart here. So if I mention it twice, you'll forgive me. I like that she put her recipes in there. I'm tempted to make that sausage and kale, tomato, pasta thing that she made. Yes. That sounded that so delicious. She,
0: she's... Started doing that. I don't know when she started doing that, but there's a handful of books that have come out. And I know um, in Blair's book, she bakes, and they had a bunch of recipes in the back of that too for that baked goods. And it's easy to make recipes. Like I read the recipe at the end, and it looked like it would be pretty simple and delicious.
1: Yeah. It does sound really delicious. So let's talk about Enzo and why we love him. Um, I want to give props to her, too, because she describes him as being a real guy. Like, his back is still, like, hairy, and he's an Italian, and Italians tend to be a hairier man. And (laughs) I like that she didn't pretty him up. I like that she kept him true to character in her description of him.
0: Yes. Yes. And he's also a guy who works a lot with his hands being in the construction business. There's a lot of scenes where he's getting very hands-on in the work that he's doing. And he's very passionate. Um, that's also, I think an Italian trait, just the level of passion that he brings to everything he does. He's a very dedicated person. When he decides something, he really follows through.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't I come off in anything. And that's what kind of leads up to this. You learn. So, So, as the story starts, he is getting ready to propose to this girl, this very young girl who it's her 21st birthday, and (laughs) he's taking her to dinner and he's going to propose to her with a ring that was returned (laughs) to his cousin's jewelry store and is engraved with someone else's name in it. (laughs) And so, you get the sense that one, he doesn't really read the room well because She thought he was gay. But then Bianca just happens to be there. And thus they hatch this marriage a convenience plan. Um, She has some known fertility issues. She suffers from uh, PCOS. And um, that creates some issues. So she knows that her time to have a baby is going to be a little more difficult and challenging. And um, between the two of them, they decide to help each other out. Because Enzo's family is pushing him to get married in order for him to inherit the family's construction business. And Bianca wants a baby. And so together they come up with their plan. And you get just a sense of who he is when he's all in. Like, you know, when he's questioning, well, you know, maybe we should make it for a year. I don't want to look like a jerk when I leave and stuff like that. So you just get, she's, Melanie Harlow is really great about giving us little breadcrumbs as to who they are. Um, in the story and they all build up to make these very tasty snacks yes and he is a snack Um, okay I do have to laugh though his smolder it's a love and a curse
0: (laughs) he cannot help himself he was gifted with the looks and I think sometimes when that happens you just can't help yourself
1: oh my god he's I don't have that
0: same gift I'm jealous yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) when he talks about the smolder like it's this extra thing i'm like
0: oh yes and i don't want to give anything away but the smolder is still around in the bonus epilogue
1: oh okay (laughs) i guess i know what i'm reading here in a minute um yeah (laughs) so let's let's talk about bianca a little bit i so i loved her in the last book um in cheyenne and cole's book i loved her she Um, comes off as feisty and sassy and um, she's not afraid of him or confrontation. No, she's also fierce and driven
0: and she's uh, all of her characteristics. So she's an entrepreneur. She owns her own interior design business and which she's built from the ground up. And it's still kind of in its early phases. But you see how well-suited she is for someone like Enzo. Because she's very uncompromising in the things that she wants. And that's actually a trait that Enzo shares with her. That they're very uncompromising when they want something. They are not afraid to go after it. They know that it comes with hard work. And that's a big part of why their love story works. And I absolutely love Bianca. She's such... She's such a well written, well rounded female character.
1: Yeah, I worried about her a little bit in the beginning because, so when they're ta- making out their plan, their three phase plan, their marriage at convenience, she comes off a little lacking in emotion. Um, but as we get to know her, you just can't help but love her. Like her ex was a douchebag dude needs dick punched like nobody's business and um but I do feel like her struggle with infertility on top of this ex really played a lot into her becoming very guarded with her heart and her emotions and it's just really well written and it's so relatable and you are feeling all of those emotions with her through this journey of this relationship with Enzo um, i agree so i also oh go ahead you're gonna say what are you gonna say something
0: oh I, w- I was just gonna say that i do think that she's absolutely wrecked from her prior relationship with her ex and i think at times like she so i i think that you see her as this very guarded character in the story especially with enzo like she's not willing to let go of her fear because she hasn't fully addressed how deeply impacting her breakup was. And then on top of that, she's also struggling with this biological clock issue um, where she wants to have a baby and her time is absolutely running out. And what does she do? So she's in the situation where she feels like she just needs a option, any option. And that's what really opens her up to Enzo as a possibility. If kind of the right place the right time and the right circumstances and um, even though neither of them have love as a priority it's the perfect storm of conditions to set the stage for them to deep to build a deeply emotional relationship with each other
1: well and and I think I liked her a lot because her fierceness is logical you know all the choices that she makes are very thought out and very logical. And so it almost goes against her character when on their wedding night, they make choices that go against the logic of their contract. But I think that's just us watching her start to fall. Um, and then her logic kicks in and, you know, the emotion of life and falling in love does always have room for logic. But you try to bring it back because there is comfort in being logical with your emotions and stuff.
0: And then you uh, also see like you see this side of Enzo especially in the prior book where he's helping his friend buy a house and renovate a house and get a good deal. And you you see the, the depth of care he has for the people in his life. And then you are introduced to Bianca, someone that's been his childhood nemesis, his nemesis since childhood. She's challenged him his whole life. And then when he realizes that she has these struggles, especially the fertility issue, it becomes something that he cares about very deeply as well. And you see that developing throughout their story too
1: yeah there's definitely an there's an intimacy to this story with these two people and you don't always get that big deep intimacy in a marriage of convenience type uh fake relationship trope romance so i think that's part of why it kind of threw me off because there's this deep intimacy between the characters that um it's just done very sweet and subtly and it's not like overstated it's not over the top intimacy you know when he's saying you know you have to use your voice i'm not a mind reader and it cr- keeps creating connections every time they're on the page together there's just a little bit deeper of a connection but it's not like full in your face you have to you have to get to the end to understand the intimacy that they build in that in that story yes um okay so in true melanie harlow fashion there's a house renovation i love it so i love it um it just made me smile because they bought a house together and they're gonna a historic home and (laughs) decided to do reno together and i'm like look renovation in a story that melanie wrote (laughs) there are a
0: lot of them there are that is a very common theme (laughs)
1: I loved that um it was great to see some of our old friends from the other series the Bellamy series uh but this absolutely can be read as a standalone uh we mentioned Cole and Cheyenne but you absolutely can read it as a standalone but you're gonna want to go back and read the other stories because they're that good um and I cannot wait for Beckett's story I can't either I love that she
0: leaves the little cookie crumbs so you know that this girl his childhood crush who's been off and married and had a child is coming back to help him take care of his dad who has Alzheimer's and um she's left all these cookie crumbs about Beckett throughout the stories
1: and I love him already (laughs) like you're already like he's mine ladies back off um so Okay, let's talk about, uh, we're getting close to the end of our 20 minutes, so let's talk about how we liked this book, what we recommend this book, and who would typically enjoy this book. So, Lindsay, we'll start with you. Did you like this story?
0: Absolutely. I loved it. Melanie Harlow is a one-click author for me, and um, I couldn't get enough. I'll probably read it multiple times. <laughs>
1: i too really liked it and um you know i've only read a few books by melanie harlow but she's quickly becoming a one-click author for me um which you know doesn't always happen in my life but she is definitely moving up there i like her stories i like her characters um there's just something really amazing about the stories she tells um who do you think would typically like this book
0: I'm really biased. I think most fans of romance would, would enjoy this book. Um, but I, I really think Melanie's books are especially well-suited to people who are new to romance, to people who are looking for a lot of depth to their stories. Um, it's not what you would expect from romance. It's not just a bunch of sex on the page. It, there is really steamy hot sex scenes. I hope there are. So there. it's the... Every fan of romance can appreciate that, (laughs) but the depth of the emotion to the story, the fact that there's so much more than just the love story, I think that makes it really well suited to people who are new to romance or interested in trying out the genre.
1: I would agree with that. You know, um, especially if you're coming over from like a women's fiction read or even a closed door sweet romance type read. If you're coming over from there and you're looking just for something a little different, maybe a little more emotional, a little bit spicier. Um, this is a great crossover into the romance genre. You said that really well. This gets your toes wet. This lets you see what is out there by an author that does it really, really well. Um, I The only thing I will say with this is, you know, it does, There should there's a little bit of a trigger warning on it. it she does deal deeply with the fertility issues. So that's something that, it could either be, it could be a bonus or, you know, harmful. I think that it just depends on who you are for me. Our family had some fertility issues early on in our marriage. And for me, it was just a reminder that the good things come to those who wait. It just takes time and life and um, you'll get there kind of feeling. But I just felt like it was something that, you know, kind of needs to be said because there are people that are still in the midst of all of that. And this might be a little bit more emotional read for them and maybe not in the right place for them at this time. So, um, okay. Would you recommend this book to somebody? Absolutely.
0: And if you read it and you don't like it, I will happily listen to you rant at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think I, I don't think anybody, I don't know that you'd be disappointed unless, um, it is a trigger warning issue for you.
1: Yeah. I think anybody, um, I don't typically like angsty reads, But I loved this one. So, you know, if you're worried about the angst in it, don't be. It's just emotional. It's not bad angst. It's not like the pull, the pushing back and forth kind of angst. This is definitely emotional. Like it gets all your senses, all your feelings are involved in this read. And I totally would recommend it. It's definitely, um, it's a good read. Highly recommend it. Everybody should go grab it, buy it now. Um. So, yeah. Thanks for being with me tonight. I'm so happy we got to talk about this story together.
0: Me too. It was a pleasure. Okay.
1: Until next time, everyone. We'll see you all soon.
0: Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at BuzzingRomance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review.